Vamos. Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And folks, we are so lucky. Once again, Crystal has decided to come back and join us. Crystal, thank you so much. Of course. You're very welcome. It has been so lovely having you on this week, and I'm going to be so sad when tomorrow is our final episode uh, with you. But uh, So if folks are just joining us for this uh, Thursday episode, Minute 63, and maybe they don't know who you are, could you just uh, tell us real quick where they can find out about you on the internet? Sure. My name is Crystal Beth. You can follow me at Twitter at the Crystal Beth. And I also host a video game podcast called Unlimited Lives. And we uh, Twitch every Thursday. If you wanted to watch that, Unlimited Lives uh, dot twitch.tv slash Unlimited Lives Radio. And then I do comedy in New York City. That's it. That's it. That's me. What are awesome. Some, you know, for, for New Yorkers who want to come check out your set, what are some of the places uh, you do stand-up? I do a lot of stand-up at the Creek in the Cave, which is also where we record our podcast. And I also do stuff around Pit Loft or really any bar basement that's dumb enough to let me <laughs> take it over for a moment. And then um, <laughs> I host a show the third, no, the second Saturday of every month at 8 p.m. at Triple Crown Restaurant. And I think it's going to be all improv teams this week or next month. Well, I feel so happy to, uh, or, or we're so lucky to have you on because, you know, Ghostbusters is a movie that kind of came out of like the New York comedy scene, the Chicago comedy scene that, you know, the, uh, um, uh, you know, Second City uh, was a big part in, in producing it. But, uh, you know, uh, what, what are some of the big like comedy uh, uh, troops or uh, active scenes in New York right now? Isn't there a UCB over there? Yep. Upright Citizens Brigade, uh, UCB is where I was trained in improv. That's actually how John Robert, the my boyfriend, and I met. Uh, the really? Del Close Marathon is a comedy festival every summer. That's uh, 56 hours straight of improv. Oh, my God. hours, seven days a week. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. But that's how we met. And uh, one of my friends introduced us, and I have a – very vague Star Wars tattoo on my shoulder, and he knew that it was a Star Wars tattoo. Oh, so, what is, it? what is it? It says "Never Tell Me the Odds," but it's written ah. in Arabesh. Ah, awesome. so it just looks like alien writing, unless you know what Arabesh looks like, and then you know. And he knew it from watching uh, or from playing the video game Tie Fighter. So, did he just recognize the look of Arabesh, or did he? Can he actually read Arabesh? He recognized the look of it. Oh. Awesome. Yeah, he was like, I don't know what it says, but I know it's Arabesh. And I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> um, but yeah, so UCB is probably the top improv school. There's also Annoyance and the People's Improv Theater, The Pit and Magnet. Those are all improv theaters. Uh, Reckless is actually a new theater that's doing really well that one of the co-hosts of my video game podcast, actually the main host, he does a lot through Reckless. And um the stand-up and storytelling scenes, its own thing. And there's alt storytelling and indie storytelling. I mean, alt stand-up, indie stand-up, club stand-ups, a bunch of different comedy circles. Everyone in the world is fighting to do that. And I do minute podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely have your niche. And we're so lucky to have you on because you are podcast, minute podcast royalty, basically. You've been on all the other shows. And, uh, you know, we were like, we got to have Crystal Beth on. Yay. 
we got to get in that Crystal Beth game. So I feel that uh, we've really lucked out by having you on tonight. Thank you yeah. so much for coming I'm on. Very on. Honestly, whenever anyone asks, I, I'm so excited. And I just like show everyone my phone that's near me. I'm like, <laughs> what they asked me? Because I hate asking. <laughs> I don't want to push myself on people. So if you have a minute podcast and you want me on it, I'll be so happy to do it. Well, one of the things, because uh, I've, I've heard you on you know all the ones that I've listened to and um, have always wanted to, keep, to get you on Ghostbusters Minute. And then... Uh, Kyle and I were about to go live with uh, the news of Jurassic Park Minute, and then I think it started to get some feedback. Uh, or uh, People started to talk about the possibility of Jurassic Park Minute on Facebook. And if I'm not mistaken, I saw like some activity from you on that. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was like, all right, Kyle, let's just go ahead, unleash this, and let's talk to that girl and get her, you know, try and secure her for a spot on the show in the future. So Yeah, you, uh, talk to that girl. Yeah. Talk to that girl. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, I'm hoping we're going to be able to get you on. Fantastic. Fingers crossed <laughs> for me. I well, want well, to, so <laughs> I'm game. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure we can make that happen. So folks look forward to that. Look forward to more crystal. And then hopefully we can get John on uh, on an upcoming episode or two as well. Yes. Uh, it sounds like Ghostbusters is something he's into. So, all right. Well, if you guys are ready to get into it, we can go ahead and do minute number 63. Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. So in the previous minute, Venkman had called Egon to tell him that Dana was possessed and calling herself the gatekeeper. Egon confirmed that he was sitting with the keymaster and thought it would be very dangerous for the two of them to meet. As minute 62 ended, Egon told Janine that he had to get a hold of Ray right then. At minute number 63, Venkman goes over to a sleeping Dana Barrett and takes her pulse. Dana is breathing rapidly. Venkman tells her, bad news, honey, I gotta go to work. He asks her to stay in bed until he gets back and kisses her on the neck. At 63.18, we cut to a shot of the Ecto-1 driving the streets of New York at night. Winston's voice can be heard, asking Ray if he believes in God. Ray responds, never met him. At 63.26, we cut to an interior shot of the Ecto-1 where Ray is reading the blueprints for 550 Central Park West. Winston tells Ray that he believes in God and that he loves Jesus' style. Ray puts the blueprints down and says that the roof cap of 550 Central Park West is made of a magnesium tungsten alloy. Winston asks him what he is involved with there. Ray takes off his, excuse me, Ray takes a can of Michelob beer off of the dashboard, takes a swig and tells Winston that he is looking at the blueprints for the structural ironwork in Dana Barrett's apartment building and that they are very strange. At 63.43, Winston asks Ray if he remembers something in the Bible about when the dead would rise from the grave. At 63.51, Ray says that he remembers Revelation 7.12, And I quote, and I looked as he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth. Thus ends minute number 63. So there's a little spill over from the conversation happening here in the car between Winston and Ray into the next minute. And, uh, you know, we can feel free to kind of spoil some things there because it is kind of crucial to the part of uh, what this this whole scene is setting up. But and uh, it was a few minutes ago, maybe the last minute um, you were saying that this movie doesn't really touch on actual like religion and everything and uh yeah i gotta say you're wrong like this this scene is uh predicting the end of the movie almost to a t and um winston who's you know always the audience is sort of in to this movie is the only ghostbuster who is who has an act who has a set idea on on what he thinks is going on the rest of them are still dubious they're trying to piece it together and everything and winston is straight up listen this is what is happening yeah uh, ray who says you know i've never met god i'm not a believer whatever um, as he's talking about revelations, you can tell that he's starting to say like, okay, that sounds exactly like what's happening. And then with the, he's starting to realize, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that it's a possibility anyway. And then, uh, with the fight with Gozer later on, all of the things in his quote of revelations, like start to happen. Um, 
So it's interesting to see that that's the, the film is almost presenting that like, hey, it's a possibility. It's something that most audiences who aren't going to understand the lore of this movie uh, do know um, this this religious talk. And so it's also kind of giving them an end in, into the movie. So I, I've always uh, found that interesting. Yeah. It's it's very difficult when you're bringing up religion in something like this, in like yeah. a horror movie or um, you know a comedy or, or whatever, because you can get so much wrong with it, and you could potentially be it could be off putting to a section of your audience, and also you can kind of make yourself look like you don't know what you're talking about if you're a screenwriter here and you you know want to incorporate some you know religious aspects. So that's kind of why I like that they kind of made up their own mythology with Gozer yeah. and everything. But mm-hmm. it's funny that it's such an easy thing to mess up because right here. Uh, Dan Aykroyd actually messes up the Bible verse. He's not actually – it's not Revelation 7.12 he's quoting. It's Revelation 6.12. Revelation 7.12 in the King James Version of the Bible is, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks to his honor and power and strength to our God forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, not quite so, <laughs> it, 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 That is like, oh, I remember you know, Revelation 7.12. Amen, I love you, God. You're so great. <laughs> I keep thinking you're saying, hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man listen. <laughs> love you, bro. Love you, bro. It's my long southern drawl there. Hey, man. Something, <laughs> something else that really adds to the uh, the fact that the movie's really starting to take a serious turn is the score and uh, the music in this in this scene, which is um, pretty effective. And yeah, it really adds a lot to uh, you know the fact that they're talking about how the shit's really going to go down. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the more serious moments of the movie, and it's played very well. I mean, for a comedy that's so dry in what it does, uh, you know. And, kind of lets you know the audience discover what's the comedy here in the scene and what's you know the dressing for the purpose of the characters and everything this one is actually there's nothing funny about it it's just two guys in a car you know kind of uh, getting the lore the mythology out there possibilities of you know what that could be you know, so it's something similar happens earlier where uh i think it's and i've mentioned this in another episode i know it's going to come to me right as we stop recording but um most of the time they would probably give Winston, the part of asking the question, like, so what you're saying is, yeah. break it down for the audience. And in this scene, he's saying, like, this is what's happening. And I'm predicting right. something that the, you know, the movie is going to show you almost is identical to what I'm saying. And uh, I can't remember what scene it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. It's when they're in the ballroom. And Bill Murray, your leading you know, protagonist, is the one who's saying, like, okay, so explain to me this. So what you're saying is this. Right. So um, it's interesting that they, they put that in the hands of the lead character instead of having him be the one with all the answers. And the guy with all the answers here is the guy that would traditionally be the one saying, let's explain it for the idiots in the audience. So right. it's, yeah. it's cool that this movie uh, reverses that. Yeah, it kind of grounds it because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it in real life, just interacting with people, people are people can wrap their head around different things. So my friends that can wrap their mind around uh, space exploration don't know how to tie their shoes. My <laughs> friends that know how to tie their shoes can, uh, they can't even do math. But yeah, yeah. these are things that they're good at in their own ways. And it makes everything more believable because you get to see their relationships outside of just ghost busting, <laughs> which I really like. I like yeah. seeing uh, what people are in real life. Yeah, yeah, and that's my favorite thing about this movie, and it's always awesome when they um, when they do that. They show the hangout moments. Uh, it was the Back to the Future guys, Back to the Future Minute guys were on, and they said that this is, um, in large part, a hangout movie. And it's one mm-hmm. of the things I go back to this movie for is to see <laughs> my buddies, you know, and to just see like see them just kind of shooting the shit and uh, 
I don't, yeah, yeah. It's, I guess it's kind of like what you're saying is it just gives it that reality and it yeah. comes out of the plot. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, you know, someone with a realistic point of view, the one that's always pointing out the obvious, the obvious thing here is spirits are coming out of the ground, mm -hmm. which is a very religious thing. So yeah, of course the Bible's happening right now. This is what yeah. happens at the end of the world. And Even though it's whether you believe in religion or not, is it is a very fantastical thing to think yeah, about. Yeah. But it is rooted in a very dominantly thought <laughs> religion is a big thing. So yeah. a lot of people think that that's truth. So and then when, another thing that uh, comes out of what traditionally is thought of like what's going to happen at the end of the world is the apocalypse, and that's exactly what happens at the end of this movie. So, and of course, it's all Walter Peck's fault. It's the EPA's fault that you know, <laughs> yeah, the apocalypse, yeah, the apocalypse uh, comes from this, like, pissing contest between these two grown professional, grown man professionals. And uh, they start the end of the world because one of them wouldn't, wouldn't address the other one as doctor and kept calling him mister. So, <laughs> uh, so that makes the sixth seal that is referenced here the Ghostbusters containment unit, uh, unit correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it's other little things like I saw it open, you know, I believe that's part of the quote. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a bit of a stretch, but, you know, when the doors to the temple open, it's such a big moment and it's so drawn out and um, dramatic. And there's other little bits in the, the Revelations quote that you kind of see, like this, the daylight sky is becoming uh, black. Right, Because the right. end of this movie, the movie, it happens in like the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And so, by the time they get to the top of 550 Central Park West, it is, um, it's completely night. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a great character scene. I, I, I like this part of the movie too, because what it's done is it's split up all the Ghostbusters. It's let everybody kind of have their own minute to be a character by themselves. Up until this point, we haven't really seen Egon, uh, Go give give a lot of character to the audience. We know he's the science guy. We know he's the nerd. But you know him and Janine and Vince Clortho together. He actually kind of gets a moment to shine. And we get uh, Dana Barrett and Peter Venkman again alone together for the first time. You know, uh, and then Winston and Ray together. This is this is like the bottle episode almost of the movie. If this yeah. was a, I a win. Long... <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, I win uh, the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> And it's great because it's we get this character moment for for all these guys together. This is really the time that they get to shine. So. Yeah, that was something I noticed when I was going through the episode, all the, the five of them. When you sent them to me, I was like, oh, good, I get everyone. Yes, yeah. yeah. I have the <laughs> guy. I have the cops. I have the horse, which is you know the best character in it. I get the asshole line. There you go. <laughs> it's just I have everything and everyone. It's really perfect. Look, when you have a Crystal Beth coming on your show, you save the best material for the best performer. Right. So you we know, had to save it for you. I know you guys did that on purpose. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> this is discussed well in advance. We're like, we're going to get her on. We don't want to look like idiots here. We have to give her the best material. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I'm glad that your people talk to my people. <laughs> yeah, the check's in the mail, too, by the way. I know we had some talk discussion about that. So. Thank you, God. I will be buying <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> Lots of Taco Bell. Dude, I was driving through Taco Bell the other night and had to call the police because I thought there was a robbery going on at the drive-through window. <gasps> what? Yeah, I, I placed my order and pulled up, and then you know you go around the corner, and there was the car was at the window, and there was this dude, sketchy-looking guy, between the car's window and the drive-through window, and then he turned around and saw me, and his hand was like kind of like in his jacket, and he started pointing, saying like, "You pull up right here." Pull up right oh my god! So I threw it in reverse and floored it out of there. Almost took out the the like drive-through microphone thing 
And uh, oh. I pulled to the other side, and the woman was looking back through the window at me, like, frantically. And I'm like, okay, well, it might be nothing, but I'm not going to take a chance. So uh, I called the police, and they were like, all right, we'll get on it. And so, like, 30 minutes later, I'm at home, and I'm like, God, i got to know what happened. So I called, and the girl was like, oh, no, that was a friend of ours. He was just messing around. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. She was like, but thank you for doing that. I was like, you know what, man, just have my number seven with the root beer ready, please. I, <laughs> yeah. Right? Ready. I was like, wait, you left without your Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah, that's the most important part of the story. Did I you have another Taco Bell? I would have – Pulled out of the drive-thru and been like, no, man, not a chance. And then walked in. (laughs) He couldn't have gotten to me on time. Just get the Taco Bell and run. I would have sounded about that threatening too. Hey, man, not a chance. (laughs) Not a chance. (laughs) And shaking my finger at him sternly. like. Wow, that's crazy. What a crazy night. Yeah. Yeah. What's the number seven? Baton Rouge night. Oh, number seven to Taco Bell is a quesadilla with one... Hard shell taco, fire sauce is what goes best on it. Get the uh, chicken mm. quesadilla, and it goes great with um, root beer or Pepsi, but not Sprite. There you go. Very Crystal, good. when you when you and John are making a late night Taco Bell run, what is it that you guys get? Oh man, okay, so I get a bean burrito, and I get uh-huh. the cheesy Fiesta potatoes, no sour Ooh. cream, add beans to them. John gets the Mexican pizza, or he gets one of the taco combos. We always get it with a Dr Pepper or Coke or root beer. I don't particularly like soda. I'll only eat root beer. Sometimes we'll get the Cine sticks, and I always try to get the nachos. Oh, that's a good order. John's a man after my own heart. I'm a Mexican pizza hey, guy. That's yeah. so good. If you, you said you like root beer? I love root beer. Right, get on the root beer of the month club. You won't regret it. <laughs> what? I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> that exists? Yes. I got it as a, a subscription as a birthday present. And um, root beer is from all over the world. What? I am Googling this right now. (laughs) Or I think you can even get like a 24 pack for a pretty reasonable price. And it's, uh, oh man, it's good. It's so good. But. Oh my God. It's only $15 a month. I know. You've got to check out a Beta root beer from. Oh, we have that at my restaurant. Oh really? I don't know. You can find that too many other places outside of. Oh yeah. You know, DCM that I was talking about the Del Close Marathon. Uh, yeah, yeah. They have a beater root beer kegs. Oh, my what? God. What am I doing here? Yeah. I know, right? Ready. Everyone leave. Pack up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Screw this podcast. Let's go. Hey. Anyway. All right, guys. Well, y'all have anything else for minute number 63? Yeah, I have one question. I have one question, Tom. <laughs> yeah. What do you get on your late night run to Taco Bell? Oh, well, like John does, I also get the Mexican pizza. And then, you know, I'm a traditionalist. I like the soft tacos. Uh, I remember back when I was a kid, uh, I'm going to date myself here, that the Mexican pizza, when it was first released, it was actually called the Pizzazz Pizza. And nobody let me on to the fact that they changed the name. So up until like the, the 2000, <laughs> up until the 2010s, I was still calling the thing the Pizzazz Pizza. Oh, my God. Still call it that. Don't ever <laughs> yeah. change. I just – that's me. I'm driving up to Taco Bell. I'm like, hey, lady, I'll take a Pizzazz. You know, so. Can you please just jazz finger them every time you do it as well? <laughs> I do. And uh, buy it with $2 bills. That, oh man, yes yeah all right well that's all, all i right. have for this minute okay yeah <laughs> okay great well folks uh we've got one more episode with the amazing crystal beth here so make sure you join us uh, to again tomorrow for minute number 64 where uh, she is going to be here brady's going to be here i'm going to be here it's going to be an awesome episode we're going to find out what it is that winston and ray are talking about here uh as far as revelation goes and it's going to be a great show so folks join us again tomorrow for brady for crystal and myself death is but a door time a window and we will be back Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. 
If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at GhostbustersMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at GhostbustersMinute.com, Facebook.com slash GhostbustersMinute, Twitter.com slash GBMinute, and look us up on Instagram at GhostbustersMinute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License. Music